temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard right here on 560 over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, and I kind of, weird to say, busy sports day, busy sports world. So we're going to get into it with the Joe Rose Show, talking college and pro football with Mike Florio. Dan Levitard Show, they got on the phone with TJ Warren, and he may have hung up on them. Then Hawk and Crowder, they're talking about how the Kane season may or may not look. Right now, let's get into the headlines. The Heat fell to the Thunder 116-115 last night. They finish the regular season tomorrow at 4 against the Pacers, who they will also play in the first round of the playoffs. The Marlins finished off a 23-day road trip by defeating Toronto 14-11 in the 10th last night. Their home opener is tomorrow against the Braves. Next season, the Dolphins will honor the memory of Don Shula by wearing a commemorative patch on their jersey. Inter-Miami signed French World Cup winner Blaise Matuidi. Inter reopens play August 22nd against Nashville. Canes receiver commit Brashard Smith ran one of the fastest 40-yard dash times in the country this offseason. Three-star recruit ran a 4-4-6. Nebraska has ended talk of leaving the Big Ten in order to play football games this season. The conference decided to postpone all fall sports earlier this week. Socially distanced fans in Dallas at the soccer match between Dallas and Nashville last night began to boo when players knelt during the national anthem. And now, let's go ahead and take a step into the day spa. <sighs> a man in China's fat gut is credited with saving him from falling down his family's well. Fat man! Fat man! A German circus is selling lion poop to people to be used as fertilizer. Yeah, just imagine this. Let's see. I need to pick up some chocolate cake, some bread, coffee, and some lion droppings. A Louisiana man is warning citizens to be on the lookout for his escaped two and a half foot long Nile monitor lizard. Huh? Look at the bright side. Now this guy can legitimately walk up to strangers and ask, Have you seen my giant lizard? A bride kicked her own mother out of her wedding after she made a disrespectful toast. Ooh, my hot mess of the day. Now on to weather. Tonight's forecast, cloudy with temperatures in the mid-80s. This morning, the Joe Rose Show. Lots to get to when it comes to pro and college football. So they brought on Mike Florio talking about the NFL and college relations. Also, a possible June-July NFL draft. 
NFL games every day of the week? Could it be? Maybe. Fans in the stands, could that happen? Maybe. To his chances to start week one, and could the XFL be a saving grace? We got to jump into the college football stuff, which is crazy. Uh, divided power five. I guess the big question now is, will the NFL help out the teams that are playing? If if it's true, we have two of the conferences playing in spring. Will they try to work and, and work around them? Or do they keep their dates and say, you work around us? This is the worst case scenario for the NFL. If we have a split college football season, with multiple conferences playing in the fall and multiple conferences playing in the spring. I don't know I don't know how the NFL threads this needle. I think the NFL would prefer all in the fall or all in the spring. If it's all in the spring, then you can move games to Saturday, which the NFL I think definitely would do. Yeah, you worry about the draft later, but hey, if you get to generate some revenue and make back some of the money you're going to lose to the ticket sales that aren't going to happen this year. I think that's great for the NFL. Or if it's all in the fall, then you still have your normal spring calendar. You don't have to worry about messing with the date of the draft. Now, they're not going to get anything. They're going to have to deal with the draft being delayed if that's what they do. And and see, the college football conferences are going to want the NFL to delay the draft because they're not going to want their best players to say, screw this. We're not playing in the spring. We're going to go get ready for the draft. So it just creates a mess for the NFL. At a time when the NFL already has enough messes to worry about, if college football does this disjointed fall and spring season with three conferences now and two conferences later, I just think that makes things a lot more difficult for the NFL to navigate. Mike, don't you agree, though, that all the top players, and I heard Desmond say this on ESPN, all those top picks, if they're playing in spring, the the top guys, they're going the first, second round, aren't they opting out anyway? Well, I think they are opting out anyway, unless the NFL says plainly and clearly that they're going to delay the draft until June or July. But even then, think about this, and this is going to be an issue both for the colleges and as it relates to the underclassmen and as to the guys heading to the NFL. You're looking at a calendar year with, two football seasons jammed into it potentially assuming they pull it off in the spring you play your games then and then you turn around and play them in the fall again i don't know how many games they're going to manage to get in in the spring but if they run january to april or january to may and then you get drafted by an nfl team and then you get thrust into offseason workouts and then you're playing 16 games in the fall it just creates a separate set of health and safety issues completely unrelated to COVID 19 well, so I'll even piggyback uh, more on that first two questions. Uh, I saw the uh, story also, or the reports also, that maybe even Friday night football for the NFL as well, if something happens with high school football, they're, they're just going to have a game on every night of the week, right, just to get all that money back. Well, and the NFL would already do it. See, way back in the early 60s, when the NFL finagled the ability to sell its TV rights as a league, not as individual businesses, individual teams. The NFL got an exemption from the antitrust laws so they could do that because it is an antitrust violation for 32 different companies to come together and say, when we deal with NBC, we're dealing with NBC together, not one team at a time like Notre Dame does. To get that exemption to the antitrust laws, they had to agree not to play or not to not to televise games on Fridays or Saturdays between Labor Day and early December. So they're going to have to get a dispensation to do that. I haven't been following what high school football is going to do, but I haven't gotten the sense that it's universal high school football is not going to happen in some state like Texas. How, how can you not have high school football in Texas? So I don't know how the NFL could even begin to think about playing on Fridays if there's any high school football, because, again, that's there to protect high school football on Friday, college football 
football on Saturday. So, yeah, the NFL would love to move games around and love to expand the windows and make back that money. I just think the way it's lining up, it's going to be very difficult for them to pull it off. Mike, another interesting one, if it uh, plays out, is going to be limited fans in seats. What if some teams say we can't do it and then Jerry Jones says I'm putting 30,000 in my big old stadium? Is it going to be everybody's got the same policy or is the commissioner going to let them all do their own thing? The NFL's already made it clear when it comes to recapturing revenue that otherwise is gone forever, it's every team for itself. And if some teams have no fans and more and more teams are saying no fans all year, Washington's the latest one to do it. The Ravens are going to limit to 7,500 per game. The Patriots are hoping for 20% capacity at most in texas right now the maximum you can have is 50 percent. but you know the law locally is going to influence it but the nfl is not going to try to do a blanket thing because the blanket thing would be no fans anywhere that's money and, and the players should want this too that's money that otherwise you can recoup and you know what the dollar saved is the dollar earned if it creates a competitive disadvantage so be it. This year is all about salvaging as much as they can of the revenue that they're otherwise going to see go away and never come back. Mike, I thought it was interesting news when we saw that Deion Sanders was going to leave NFL Network over the contract, uh, not getting paid enough or it was up and he was leaving. But joining Barstool Sports, to me, I thought was interesting because wasn't Barstool kind of banned from all NFL activities? Yes, and there's a very contentious relationship there, and I think Barstool thrives on having that kind of renegade reputation among fans as it relates to the willingness to stick a finger in the eye of the commissioner whenever and wherever, Yeah, especially with that turquoise blue shirt with the commissioner with the clown nose from yeah, right. the deflate gate controversy. Here's what I think Dion's play is. Dion desperately wants to be a college football head coach desperately for whatever reason for whatever reason he doesn't want to go the normal route you know go be an assistant coach and work your way up through the ranks and grind and grind and grind and grind and hope for the best he just wants to barnstorm in as a, as a head coach he tried to set himself up for the florida state job and he was never a candidate for that even though they reported on his former employer's network nfl network that he was a candidate he never was and that and he vowed he's going to be a coach in 2021 i think this play is all about him appealing to the 18 to 34 year old demographic positioning himself to be regarded as you know the hip and cool and you know with it like barstool is and the and then the young kids know who he is and he can bring that to the table when he's trying to get one of these jobs saying i can i hey i and he already was going to be a great recruiter i don't think he needs this extra connection to sell himself as a recruiter i think the question is what kind of a coach is he going to be but i think this play is all about strengthening that reputation among younger uh athletes who may be fans of barstool become bigger fans of dion like a new generation is going to discover dion i think that's what he's trying to do and he's trying to set himself up to leverage that job into the college football head coaching job that he wants. That I'd be surprised if he ever gets it. I'm betting the under, but you know, crazier things have happened this week, so you never know what's going to happen with Dion. What do you think about Hard Knocks? Uh, everybody's always had mixed reactions. I thought it was terrible for the Dolphins when they did it. It was just Joe Philbin, just terrible look for Joe and Jeff Ireland, just as bad. Well, what do you think overall about Hard Knocks and, and Sean McVay now looks like he's the new star for both the Chargers and the Rams? What what do you think? I've never been a big fan of Hard Knocks, primarily because I, I, you never get a true picture of what's happening. You know, it's not a real documentary produced by the NFL. The teams have final say. They're only going to show us what they want us to see. And if we ever see anything really good, it's going to be because they made a horrible judgment as to what they thought they should show right. us like two years right. ago. Remember that Hugh Jackson 
and Todd Haley argument in the meeting room about how how much uh, they should give veterans time off and right. we can't reside in our fears. And that just kind of set the stage for the dysfunction that the two sides were going to have throughout the season. But you rarely get a moment like that. You know, it's all sanitized. It's all scrubbed. And, and I just I just. You know, I don't know how much it really adds. I don't know why they still do it. You know, it was something that started at the time when the access wasn't anything like it is now. I don't know why they feel compelled to keep doing it because there's so many other ways to just get an idea of what really goes on inside a training camp, inside a facility, at an off-season workout, whatever the case may be. Mike, speaking of training camps, obviously the one down here started uh, here in Miami and they're going to be switching to pads very soon. Uh, Tua was given the clear bill of health. He's, he's ready to go, this and that. No preseason games, not a lot of practice and pads does Tua have any chance in your mind to start game one for this Miami Dolphins team I think it's gonna be hard to start game one I really do and I don't think he was ever going to be the the week one starter even if they had had a preseason but not having the opportunity to even go through the motions to have any type of a dress rehearsal any type of an opportunity to show what you can do to feel comfortable in your own football skin I just think it makes it very very difficult for him but you know what Joe Burrow is likely going to be starting week one in Cincinnati. I mean, you just adapt and you adjust and you do what you have to do. And I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I think that has a lot to do with it as well. If you think you can get him in a spot where he can protect himself, and that's really the key. If you think, number one, your offensive line is good enough to protect him, and number two, he's able to protect himself and not get overwhelmed. Remember the story of, and, and this was in a preseason game, so it wouldn't have mattered. Remember the story of Giovanni Carmazzi, one of the guys who was drafted in front of Tom Brady? Steve Mariucci, who was the coach of the 49ers at the time, believed that he got ruined in the Hall of Fame game against Brady's Patriots, coincidentally, back in 2000. And if you have one of those horrible experiences right out of the gates, you may never be able to shed that. So I think you want to be sure, number one, the guy can protect himself, and number two, that he's the best option. We know Brian Flores is always going to go with the guy who he thinks is the best option to help him win games. And if it's Ryan Fitzpatrick week one, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick week one. And once it's Tua, it's going to be Tua. All right, I'm going to give you the number one question I've been getting out for the last two weeks. You think we're really going to get this whole season in. What do you tell people when you hear that? I'm curious what what you think, how many games they will be able to get in around this COVID-19. I think at this point, and it's always subject to change, so you may want to ask me again next week. Right now, I think they're going to get them all in. I think they're determined to get them all in. I talked to somebody over the weekend who's in a position of deep knowledge and significant influence as it relates to how things work at the NFL, and I was told right out of the gates, we're playing, period. When you consider that there are 53 guys on the roster, there are 16 members of the practice squad this year, they can be elevated up to 90 minutes before kickoff, as many as you need. I I think they're going to find a way to get it in. The one thing that concerns me is this suggestion that the commissioner may have an outside committee of experts who are on the competition committee, but they're going to be advisors who may help him decide when to shut a team down or when to postpone a game or when to cancel a game or whatever the case may be. I really prefer that they just say, look, you either play or you don't play. You bring 46 guys in uniform or you don't. And if you can't, I guess you got to forfeit, right? It's like the little league team that shows up with six guys and you need nine to play. Just, mm. I, I don't like the idea that there's going to be this kind of, I, I feel like it's going to be kind of a seat of the pants, make it up as you go. Should we go? This team doesn't have any offensive linemen uh, healthy. Should they be expected to play? Well, no, they're not expected to play. Well, you know, it's, uh, oh, by the way, it's one of the one o'clock Eastern games on a Sunday, so no one's going to miss it, so we can postpone it. But if it's a night game, is there going to be a different standard that applies there because the show must go on? I just I just think the easiest, simplest standard is you need to have players and you yeah. need to go. 
And if you can't go, then you forfeit. I hate I hate to be that oh, that man, you know, blunt oh, about geez. it. Do we do we make these allowances for injuries? We've had teams that have been ravaged by injuries. Yep. Last year down the stretch, it was Carson Wentz and a bunch of guys we never heard of on offense for the Philadelphia Eagles. They didn't give them a break. It's next man up. Football is the ultimate next man up sport. So to even have this opportunity to find an escape hatch i'm just i'm not comfortable with with the perception that it's something that would be used on a case-by-case basis it's one thing to say we need to have a disaster plan in the event that there's a team that just physically everybody in the building is COVID 19 positive or on the COVID 19 list but but i feel like they're looking for something that's going to be used on a selective basis and maybe postpone a game until a week 18 which will be a makeup week or in this spot we're going to go forward in this spot we're not going to go forward and what are the standards going to be I just think the NFL is asking for trouble by having anything other than a clear, bright line. These are the rules. These are the expectations. And we're not going to make any exceptions. We're not going to have committees to look at these situations and say, this team should play under the circumstances, but this other team shouldn't be expected to play. I just don't like that because I think it's going to create an impossible scenario where there are going to be teams and there are going to be fans that think they're getting the short end of the stick. Mike, is it possible that Dwayne Johnson, the XFL, just sitting back waiting to see what happens with the NFL and maybe have their plan of their own coming forward, like going forward some bubble plan? Like, is it possible that to happen instead of maybe college and NFL football? What struck me like a lightning bolt on Sunday, I was getting my hair cut. One of the rare times I leave the hillside and and see what's going on out in the world. And, and I, I, I was sitting there, since you can't talk because you got the mask on and everything's very careful and, you know, it's, and it's good. It's the way it needs to be. But it hit me. If college football goes away in the fall, Dwayne Johnson finds a city with a hard bubble like hockey and basketball and MLS are doing, and you have eight teams or maybe even 12 or 16 teams, and you bring in Trevor Lawrence and you bring in Justin Fields and you bring in all the best college players and you let them play their college football season in the XFL uniforms in that one city. Oh, and by the way, they get paid. So they still get their game film. They get their rep. They get a chance to play. Hashtag we want to play. And how about hashtag we want to get paid? That it makes a ton of sense if college football would step aside. And it makes me wonder whether or not one of the reasons the SEC and the ACC and now the Big 12 are so hell-bent on going forward is they fear that happening. Because wouldn't that be something? And he owns it now. He could do it. Oh, there's not enough time to mobilize it. Baloney. How hard is it? How hard is it to mobilize? To say by the middle of October. Yeah, two months. In the middle of October, we're going we're gonna to have these teams. And just think about it. You assign the teams. You know, put all the Alabama guys on one team. Put all the Clemson guys on another team. Put all the Ohio State guys on another team. <laughs> Fill all the teams that way and then just sprinkle in all the best of the other players. I think it would be awesome, and it would be a great way for the XFL to, to be something that I think it otherwise never is really going to become. Uh, Mike, I love you for a long time, but you're out there, man. What about injury? You left out one little thing there, injury, because that's what, the, what, they're going to make their big bucks. Hey, Trevor Lawrence can make the big bucks at the next level. Joe, Joe, he's not going to get injured playing for Clemson? It's the same thing. It's apples and apples. You get you get your disability policy. If you want to play football this fall, you're still at risk of injury. Where's think about where is the injury risk greater? If you're in a hardened bubble that they're able to keep the virus out of, so you're always going to have your best lineman blocking for you. Or if you're at Clemson and all the guys in front of you, right, aren't available this week because they're positive, so you got a bunch of second and third stringers and other assorted slappies trying to block for you, you're at greater risk there than if you'd be in a setting where all of your top teammates are available to block for you each and every week. 
All right, I, I'm going to think about that. I'm going to let I'm going to let this I one. I like it. If college football is going forward, it's not going to happen. And and it looks like they're at least going to try to go forward. And the key word is try. Just because they're going to do it or try to do it doesn't mean it's going to work. And I'm not rooting for it or against it. I'm just sitting back and trying to analyze it. I mean, I, I the NFL wants college football season to happen, and uh, I just hope they do it in a way that is safe for everyone and, and that is prudent and that isn't simply about chasing the money that they otherwise right. would lose. Well, we do have to get that minor league system in. Damn it. Develop our guys. Get them ready for our football teams up here. Mike, thank you. So Mike Florio theoretically is saying college football, good. But if there's no college football, XFL will step in. These days, any football, good. Speaking of good. In empty arenas, not playing in front of fans. It's, it's got to feel different to you, right? Uh-oh. Oh, no. Did he, did he hang up on us? I mean, it could be a coincidence after that. I thought I thought we were good. There was a buzzer that went off, and I didn't, yeah, I didn't know no. that was like, mm-hmm. I don't think that was for our interview. He hung up on us. Did TJ Warren hang the phone up on Dan Lebetard and the guys? We'll find out in about five minutes here on the Best of the Joe Show. This is the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. This is some churches, the mother we share, churches with a V instead of a U. Yes, the reason I'm playing this is because yesterday my brother Paul was listening on the Radio.com app, and before he started listening to this show, he caught the end of the Hawk and Crowder show, and this song was played, and he texted me, he said, oh, churches, great choice, so I figured... Why not play some churches today? Make everyone feel good. Until you realize that you should go. Love me some churches. Also, kind of like their lead singer, Lauren Mayberry. Dan Lebetard and the guys. Maybe don't love T.J. Warren. After all, he is the Heat's public enemy number one with the Pacers, who they will be playing tomorrow and in the playoff series. Nonetheless, Levitard's show got in touch with T.J. Warren on the phone. Talked about what life is like in the bubble on dropping 50 recently. Then he talks about his relationship with Jimmy Butler and the Heat. And then, T.J., hello, hello, Uh uh-oh, T.J., T Buckets, uh, Tony is calling yeah. him. TJ Warren with uh, Stugatz is his biggest fan. He has no bigger national fan, I don't think, than you, Stugatz. You told everybody he could give you 45 any given night. TJ Warren with us now on ESPN Radio. I, I guess we'll start there. Your first night in the bubble. As soon as Stugatz says TJ Warren can give you 45 any given night, TJ Warren, who had never gotten 45 in a night, goes ah. into the bubble and gets more than 45 in a night. So what the hell happened there, and thank you for joining us, T-Bucket. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. What happened uh, with you getting into the bubble and all of a sudden you're the breakout star of the bubble? Is that something that you were expecting to happen the months preceding something like that? Given um, when our season ended, um, we've been playing really good basketball throughout the whole year, and definitely um, wanted to use the restart as a chance to um, to really take it to another level, you know, um, um, our all-star uh, Sabonis, he went out with an injury and he hasn't been playing. So guys just had to step up. And um, I knew in my mind I just wanted to just um, be more aggressive and, and try to uh, step up with all the uh, with the injuries um, with the team. So, I mean, it, it worked out so far. as with, The work's not done and we got to 
continue to get better. What does scoring 50 mean to you as someone who grew up loving basketball? Like going into an NBA game and scoring 50, what were the touchstone moments in your childhood where a guy put up 50 and you realized the number matters to you? It's, it's a great feeling, um, being able to envision that and really do it in a game after growing up in the backyard or in the front yard, just playing with your friends and just um, having that deep imagination of um, having these type of moments and it's sort of surreal feeling to be able to, to do that on this type of stage and how um, all eyes are on us to restart in this um, uncertain year. Um, it was a, it was a big, it was a great feeling. Now, TJ, I did say at the time you're a guy that can give your uh, give your team 45 on any given night, even though you hadn't done so uh, in your career. But with that knowledge, did you feel like you were a guy that could give your team on you know 45 on any given night, even though you hadn't done it yet? Yeah, I mean, I'm, Thank I'm fully you. confident in my ability. I've always been able to score the ball. I always had a knack for scoring throughout my whole basketball career, from high school to college um, to the NBA. So. I work on my game so much. I just knew it was my time was coming to be able to to have these type of moments and all the hard work and some of the time I put into the game is kind of just reward me with the the type of results like this. But um, I understand that it's a lot more I want to do and not just be known as a scorer, just want known as a two-way guy that plays defense as well as score um, whenever the team needs me to. So just just wanted to. Just um, continue to get better. Chris, what happened there? Why were you making faces at Stugatz? He's running around his room doing the Tiger Woods makes a putt at the, like, what, what is happening here? I mean, he's just in this for himself. I mean, TJ's been a scorer like throughout his college career, and then you just ask him, did you know that you could do have a good game? Like, what are you doing? Yes, that is. What, are you, what am I doing? I believed in T.J. Warren when no one else believed in T.J. Warren. I knew 45-50 was right around the corner. I knew what he was doing was right around the corner. It was just a matter of getting some bonus out of there. And look what happened. Yeah, and Oladipo getting some bonus and Oladipo out there. Give T-Buckets all the touches. Boom. That's, you know what? You're right, Stugatz. You've never been more right about anything. Uh, the Pacers, T.J., though nationally you feel it right everyone's like yeah whatever the Pacers will win 50 games they'll overachieve they'll be great but yeah whatever they're the Pacers there's only four so far that team can go just being my first year I just see the how much the Pacers really care for their players and um it's a first class organization I understand that we're a small market but we got a, a group of guys that are hungry chip on their shoulders and out to prove something and I feel like with this group um we're all young in our mid-20s, and we're just continuing to, to get better as time goes on. And um, I know nobody's satisfied here, and everybody wants to, to push to be great. So it's good if, if everybody had that mindset moving forward. Uh, we were really looking forward to that Monday night game because of the escalation of everything with Jimmy Butler. Mike Ryan's an enormous Miami Heat fan. We had people in the crowd there, Stugatz, my father. Uh, yep. uh, Mike, what did you want to ask T.J. Warren? Well, I, TJ, Jimmy Butler sort of dismissed you there. And to guys like Stugatz and myself, who was aligned with Stugatz in saying that you can get 45 any given night because I've seen how, how much you've improved year over year, I found that dismissive. Obviously, you did in that moment. Have cooler heads prevailed, or is this playoff series going to be chippy? Any playoff series is going to be competitive. I'm definitely not distracted by what's going on like <clears throat> towards the media and how people might feel about me. I mean, at the end of the day, we all competitors and we all going to play hard at the end of the day. But um, I can't really um, really give my energy to uh, 
to the everything off the court. Just got to compete when you're on the court. It's a good answer, but were you hurt when uh, he's coming out there publicly and calling you soft and saying you're not on his level? Was it something that's just personally hurtful when you know you're a good player and it's not something you want to hear? I mean, nah. I mean, think of LeBron and all the top players in the league. I mean, they... They get hate, but that doesn't stop them from being who they are, you know. I mean, it's all a part of the game. You can't really be too concerned about what other people think. It's just part of the game, so you just got to keep moving forward. How do you feel about Jimmy Butler, excuse me? How do I feel? I mean, I don't feel no way. I'm unbothered. I mean, nothing can't really get reaction out of me. I'm just cool, calm, and collected. <laughs> TJ, what's the big difference here? How does it feel playing uh, in empty arenas, not playing in front of fans? It's, it's got to feel different to you, right? Uh-oh. Oh, no. Did he, did he hang up on us? I mean, it could be a coincidence after that. I thought I thought we were good. There was a buzzer that went off, and I don't yeah, know no. that was like, mm-hmm. I don't think that was for our interview. He hung up on us. Um. You Uh-oh. think so? No. Okay. Well, no, I thought we couched everything. All right, Mike Ryan, get some of the best hang-ups in show history. No, I think uh, that was a coincidence. What do you, Chris, what do you think? Coincidence? Or? I, don't, I think that was a connection. I don't think he hung up. I'm a little hmm. worried, though, because I, I was growing to really like T.J. Warren. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But we're at we're at a loss right now. Man, I was uh, trying to be so careful in protecting our relationship. You were really. very gentle the way you asked the question. I was one of the guys. I was with you on Pro, Pro 45. You're a heat homer, uh, and you were very soft with him. Maybe the fourth Jimmy Butler follow-up. We yeah. could have maybe pulled It was him. only yeah. a third. It was only a third, and I interrupted yeah. him to do it, though. Yeah, and I got his feelings. Yeah. I got, yeah. I'm got. i like, how did you feel? Mm-hmm. And it sort of cornered him, right? Like, I've got to have a feeling here. So you, you, you doubted him on the front end. You ruined our relationship on the oh, back the end. I mean, God. you've done nothing with T.J. Warren here. T-Bucket! Get him back on the line! You want? To, I still have a minute. Let me call back and just, hey, are we good? Did he have to run? All right. Uh, yes. Let's gather. Still, let's sink into this good. for a second. Stugat says Mike Ryan calls back and see if we're okay. But what your best guess is? Uh, Chris is hopeful. I also think it was just bad timing. I don't think that the question because you were asking him about you know people have said that the sight lines are better for shooters. You were asking him about playing in the bubble. That's not an objectionable question. Yeah, but by that point, we had already followed up twice on Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I definitely wanted upset. to go sidelines there. Yeah. And I, in the middle of it, I have like sort of like a rotating list of numbers. And anytime someone calls in on our line, I lose the most recent number that was called. And unfortunate for me, I've lost the, the callback number. And he hasn't called back yet. So given right, our history, let's I'm just find out led to together. believe the worst. Let's find out together. We're going to gather information. We're going to regather ourselves. This is not bad for the show. It is just generally bad as the show often is, and so we will gather ourselves. <laughs> I didn't really see that one coming. I didn't either. He didn't give us a warning that we but were But now it's out him. in the air there. I think T.J. Warren, like when he faces the Heat, especially Jimmy Butler, went and ran and hide. Yep, he ran and hid from the Dan Levitard show. He felt the heat, no pun intended, thought about Jimmy Butler, heard the question, Can't wait for these Heat Pacers games coming up soon. Going to be good. Speaking of good. During the pandemic, many people have not been as effective at their job as as when there's been no shutdown. And he's been as effective, if not more effective, than any offseason I can recall. So, Hawk and Crowd are going to gush over Coach Diaz and what he's doing over there in Coral Gables. That is next on the Best of the Joe Show. Savor the taste Savor 
This is the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard right here on 560 over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, celebrating music from churches once again. No, not churches fried chicken, the band churches, and instead of a U, it's a V. This song, love it. It's called Forever. Ah, there's only a few things I'll hate forever, like the Atlanta Falcons, TJ Warren for hanging up on the Dan Levitard show and messing with Jimmy Butler. It's about all that comes to mind right now. Maybe cauliflower? I don't know. Two guys I'll love forever. Hawk and Crowder, they were on earlier today chanting, he's not trying to start trouble with Coach Diaz, just asking questions. Also, hard knocks. They've got COVID testing going crazy. Also... If you're going to bring it, you better bring it with the facts, then prosco or prosciutto. So someone suggesting via text after our conversation with Manny Diaz there that Crowder was purposefully trying to get him into trouble, knowing that he can't specifically name unsigned recruits. Crowder was not trying to do anything purposely I, to get him And I trouble. wasn't trying to make him say it. I was giving the names you were and saying I was it. telling yeah. the situation. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't even want him to say it. That's why I was saying I didn't say, what's that safety, coach? Right. Because we, we've, hey. uh, we've talked with Coach Larinaga before with, with the same situation. And he says, yeah, yeah I can't mention guys by names. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, oh, I know it. nothing that's what intentional I was saying. there. James and Leonard, you got those guys. How was recruiting changed? I was giving him his props. He knew what I was doing. Man, he knew what yeah. I was doing. Go to he's hell. done well. I, there is no hating on what he's done during this offseason. I said it during the conversation no. with him. During the pandemic, many people have not been as effective at their job as, as when there's been no yeah. shutdown. And he's been as effective, if not more effective, than any offseason I can recall. So got to give him his props, even uh, even if you're not a fan. You don't love Manny Diaz, it's because you're close-minded about your team. Because I, I'm a Gator, and I don't love the Canes, but I respect Manny Diaz. Bro, Manny is a good coach. Manny's a good human. He's a good communicator. It's funny he said that. He was like, I seem to be over-communicating. That makes a great coach, a great leader, and a great teacher, man. I am a huge fan of Manny, and I don't give a damn where he's coaching. I'm always going to be a huge fan of Manny. Right. Like you're saying, like some people just can't get past. Like someone tweeted at me during the interview, I feel like he's trying to give us all the days that they didn't practice so that he can use it as an excuse. Sorry, coach. No excuses. No, that. I mean, that's the reality. They've practiced six times instead of the 21 that it should have been. I don't think that's an excuse. That's reality. But we've asked the same question about the Dolphins myriad times right i've said this over and over the dolphins are going to play in just over four weeks just over four weeks and i want did you watch hard knocks on tuesday oh, night oh yes yes it's fascinating what the, i mean is. your mind had to be blown as oh, a my. former player Bro, this was covid protocol this wasn't hard knocks that right? was nuts what they were doing to play football. So I don't think, like, it's not an excuse that they haven't practiced as much. That's fact. I watched Hard Knocks, and I was like, holy hell. This is unlike anything I've ever seen on Hard Knocks. And again, you played, so you know. Yeah. Like, this is, this half the, half the time seemed to be spent on 
testing and meetings about testing and meetings about protocols and safety. And and so then you wonder in just over four weeks when the Dolphins take the field against New England, like, what is the football going to look like? Especially yeah. with a team, like I say, with a lot of rookies and free agents. Bro, and with Manny, what he did, and honestly, what I'll take, and I'm going to tell people this, and like, I, I'm, I might text Dan Mullen to make sure we're we're at par <laughs> with what Dan McCain's doing. For him to tell me when I was like, coach, 11 on 11, like tackle football, real football, inside run, getting after it football. And he said they'd done the research, four to six seconds per play, 30 seconds, I mean, 30 plays per uh, per practice. They could do the math on how much their players are touching other players, how many seconds how many seconds of practice you're within six feet of another guy? Like, that is that that is progressive thinking. That's what the good coaches are doing right now so they can get an effective practice in. Manny said they're hitting. Manny said they're tackling. They're getting after it because they're doing the research and they're going about it the right way to get as much football in as they can, man. Like, that was very enlightening to me, what Manny said about the physicality of practicing and how he is implementing it, but he's implementing it intelligently with research behind it that was that was so awesome i found that to be fascinating as well and i'll tell you why if you want to do something i don't care if you're a kid who wants to go to a weekend in orlando with his friends you're in high school and you're trying to talk your parents into it who have said no or if you're a husband trying to talk your wife into going on a fishing trip to, you know, wherever, and she said no. Like, you come to the table with facts. Yeah. Facts to allay their fears, right? I mean, that's, you know, that's how the the, the girls, the, the, the Liam Neeson's daughter ended up getting kidnapped and taken. <laughs> she had facts, though, that they were going to be with her friend's parents. Well, the facts may not be true, uh, but you come with facts, right? He didn't want it. What's his name? Brian? Can't think of his name. Oh, his we do this a lot. And, uh, taken, I know. <laughs> Brian. I wish it was a better movie name, like Sam Wheat, something that was more... More recognizable, uh, Brian. What the heck was his name in uh, in Taken? Liam Neeson's. Uh, but regardless, you come if you want to. If you want to tell the people who are making the decision, Mills. Brian, Brian Mills, Mills. <laughs> why why they should allay their fears. You come with facts. Well, here's University of Miami. They're coming with facts, right? And maybe. It's three oh five. Dolly, Dolly, Dolly. God bless, Dolly. Like Crowder, if you don't want to hear Pitbull every day at 3.05, you need to come up with some facts that, that would support your argument. Manny Diaz, maybe it was at the behest of Dr. Julio Frank, who said, hey, we can talk with the conference, but give me facts as to why it would be safe to play, why it's okay. And that happened to me to be a fascinating fact, that as much as you think it's a pile of 22 men on top of each other all afternoon long, it's not. And here's yeah. actual data to back it up. I thought that was absolutely fascinating. So uh, as, really as enjoyed soon, talking to him. And as he laid it out, as soon as you thought about it, on a run play, the receiver and DBs, they don't run in there. They stand out there and stare at each other. Quarterback bootlegs out and looks at people. Like I was, it was clicking to me what he was saying where as a player, to your point, Hawk, as a player, when Manny was describing that, I was thinking, I'm like, you're right. I'm not touching 10 guys. I'm either hitting one lineman and hitting a running back or the lineman's blocking the hell out of me, but I'm not touching more than one or two people on a play. And that gave me a little encouragement about playing the run, physical right. football in this time. Like, and I'm, you know, I'm a coach. 
So I'm gonna take what to be honest, Hog. Right. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take what Manny just said, and I'm gonna present that to my coaching staff, and we're gonna start watching film about it because we yep. can hit guys. We can go hit. We can do half line drills. We can do you know we can do one on ones because of the fact that we're not within six feet of 22 people. That's not what football is, bro. I'm telling you, I, I love Manny Diaz. Yeah, that was fascinating. Quickly, today is also National Prosecco Day. So I mm. saw that on your show sheet. I don't know what that is. You don't know. The little slicey meat, the little dry sliced meat, ain't no, it? No, 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 no. Prosecco oh. is like a sparkling wine, very similar to champagne, more sweet than champagne, though. Prosecco. I've never heard of it. I what do not the, know what that what is. What is the dry ass? You're, oh, you're thinking meat? of prosciutto. Oh, I was excited about <laughs> prosciutto. Ooh. What the hell is a prosecco? Nobody wants this no damn dude prosecco. Called Whoopi Goldberg, Oprah Winfrey, and then called prosecco prosciutto in the same segment. It's like an Italian. <laughs> it's technically white wine, but it's really sparkling wine. I bet you. Most the people, hell with Prosecco, most, man. We're talking about prosciutto now. Most people <laughs> that drink champagne at a wedding for a toast, they think they're drinking champagne. You're actually drinking Prosecco, everybody. Sorry to tell you. How do you know? Because Prosecco is delicious, and it's actually what's used uh, as, a, as a cheaper option, typically, to champagne. Ah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Both sound good. I'm ready to go home, get some Prosecco, some prosciutto. And just have myself a good old time. The Pelicans play their final game of the season tonight. They are not going to be in the playoffs like the Heat, who are going to be playing Indiana tomorrow. And then they're going to be playing them in the 4-5 matchup. I don't know who's going to be 4. I don't know who's going to be 5. It doesn't really matter because there's no such thing as home court advantage in the NBA bubble. So at least I have that to focus in on the playoffs. Tonight's going to be the scrub bowl for the Pelicans because, honestly, there's no reason to play anybody good. It's really not even a reason to win tonight because... A loss actually probably helps you in the lottery. But, hey, I'm a true fan. I want to finish out the season right. And then I'll start focusing in solely on the Heat, saying, come on, Heat, let's go, Heat, let's go, Heat, in the playoffs. Because I really don't like Indianapolis. I really don't like T.J. Warren, especially since he hung up on the Dan Lebitard show earlier today. So, ugh. Might get myself a charcuterie board, put some Prosecco out, some prosciutto on that charcuterie board, watch the basketball game, and remember, the Heat – Pacers, tomorrow, 4 o'clock, Sister Station, 790, the ticket. Remember, you can also download the podcast for this show or any of the shows you hear on the radio station by going to our website, wqam.com, the radio.com app, or wherever you get your podcasts for absolutely free. Other than that, you can go to at Dan Day Radio on Twitter. Give me a holler, Prosecco, prosciutto, holler. I am headed your way, and I'll be back here to hang with you at 6 o'clock tomorrow night here on the best of the joe show later slug tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports that clock at four Donchich. the step back three you bet music you set my world on fire and even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.